Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. We'll go straight into the guided meditation this morning. So as always, we're invited to uh, feel the body sitting here. With uh, benevolence, if uh, at all possible. care or appreciation maybe compassion maybe not the body as uh, we objectify it and judge it as being too like this or not enough like that maybe but the um, more like the alive body, not the image as much as the the experience of it, of tingling, of touch, of expansions and contractions, movements of the belly or chest. As uh, patches of heat cold alive tingling pulsing resting hearing and all these uh, sensations reveal to us that there is uh, consciousness there is intelligence sensitivity we know this because tingling is felt is known sounds are heard it reveals that there is a sensitive being Alive. It's life happening. Maybe you can notice how you want that life to be uh, safe. be uh, in harmony in some way at peace well want that life to be in ease that's what brought you here 
wish is uh, metta. You can honor it this. Give it uh, airtime. you want, you could think of somebody you uh, love carefully. <coughs> think of that life, that life for us, that unique expression of life of that friend or family member. You can say their name as you think of them silently. that being <coughs> unique expression of life see how you want that life to be safe and well to experience ease and joy Somebody else sorry, might come to mind hard. Again, another person. Take a moment to maybe name them and recognize the uniqueness of that life expression. And how you want this life too be protected, nurtured, and well. Maybe other dear ones will pop up, join you in your sitting here, as if they were appearing here and there around you gathering. You can name them. Take a moment to appreciate them. And feel this wish for their well-being, for their safety. (coughs) You might even see appear uh, around you or in your heart. Visit acquaintances, people you meet every day or regularly that are in your environment, recognizing the uniqueness of that life too. Maybe the wish for their well-being. One, you can name them as they appear. Loved one, acquaintances, maybe even people with whom you have some difficulties these days will appear. You recognize that there's life in there. It would be good if there was harmony 
wisdom. Metta in these lives too. might uh, kind of zoom out from where you are in imagination and in, in reality. Just zoom out as if you were <coughs> having a point of view from the sky larger. And you could uh, consider a vaster vast territory and the beings on it you just thought of but more people that you've never met beings animals all beings that area those elderly are about to die those uh, soon to be born very young those in need and those in success the large one the small one zooming out even more you could uh, maybe take in the whole of the province or more provinces with care and well-wishing zooming out even more the whole nation and surrounding nation the whole continent until you can hold in your side or heart the whole of this big blue white planet this living system Fragile and strong, complex, suffering, sometimes a lot. What's your wish for this living system, this life force that is the planet? you can take in the whole cosmos the wish of well-being of ease 
so that all beings in it can protect each other. zoom back in be above just this country this province and this area and this building and back in this building now maybe you can come uh, very close face to face with this being that you know more than any other beings yourself sitting here breathing fears of this being, wishes, dreams, the obsessions, the visions. What do you wish for this being that you are? You're even invited to enter it Feel the skin and breath. They're sitting, sensing. Let's hang out with this being just for a few minutes here.
May our um, relationship with uh, ourselves um, from moment to moment be infused with uh, calm, balanced attention and care and joy and compassion. And also with those, all of those with whom we share this uh, planet. And may our relationship with those who uh, have died also be infuse our thoughts, be infused with uh, compassion, care, and joy, and uh, balanced consideration. And for those who uh, will come, or about to come, or will come in many generations, may our lifestyles and actions uh, be expressions of metta, for those who will follow here. So may all beings be protected by our care. Metta, the gift of, uh, I think it's described sometimes as the gift of fearlessness. We offer beings uh, the gift of not having to fear us. And in this way, offering this, we also benefit from that same uh, environment. Um, uh, the meditation I just did now was um, from uh, I don't know if firm or firmly f- f- strongly inspired uh, by Joanna Macy some of you know very well uh, Rebecca I think here uh, teaches <coughs> in her, in her uh, uh, tradition it's called the work that reconnects um, um and uh, so she's an uh, elder, very wise American uh, activist, Buddhist scholar, practitioner, thinker. Um, and um, I think uh, the whole work could be summarized as a, a, a meta, in a way. Just a few words that might interest you in terms of like how to bring this meta to the world. So <coughs> she's, um, she and others are teaching... Uh, the way I understand it, like uh, kind of three ways that we could um, we could um, I'll put it in these words now express metta, and so one of the ways is to uh, resist the forms, the social f- ways that we are together that are oppressive in some ways to the environment or each other. So, so this is a very important component to say no that doesn't work, that's harming us, or those after will come. You know. So resisting uh, as a form of uh, love yeah. and uh, creating new forms. That's also like a 
social, creating, supporting new forms of uh, ways that uh, we can sustain uh, a healthy and you know, fearless living together and then uh, and she said you know without these two it's not going to happen it's not going to work out you know you might have all the metta in the world you know if it doesn't take these forms it's not going to work and the third form is the actual the inner work the spiritual work and so that's what we've been doing here this week so we could put it in a context like this you know we're, we're actually uh, having deep consideration about uh, benevolence and compassion and their expression in the world, their impact uh, in our own psyche and on others. And so, but, you know, if we take this this model, then maybe Joanna would say, yes, but not enough. You know, you can't just go from retreat to retreat for a lifetime and think that you've done your work. You know, you're going to, you're a social being. No, I don't (laughs) want to. I just want to be me on my cushion. No, honey, <laughs> it's not happening like this. You are a social being. You're participating, <laughs> contributing, you know. And so, not that we all have to become activists, you know, but yes, in a way, yes, in a way that, you know, we either earn our, li- our living or spend it, <laughs> you know, in our lifestyles, you know. So that, that is also, uh, it's, you know, it's also at the heart of this... Uh, of this uh, considerations of metta, you know. So the well-wishing is part of it, but that's only one part of it. And uh, I like that she says, you know, if, if you have only one of these, it's not going to work out, you know, for you and your people. You, know. you need a, kind of a broad view. And so it's, uh, it's, g- it's good to consider this. Um... So taking this to the world and tying up loose ends here uh, with these few words. Um, yeah, so our, our, um, uh, the precepts we talked about on the first evening that you can find a lot of information on online are also guidelines for uh, harmlessness, you know, harmlessness for self and others. And again, this uh, offering, I, I love this phrasing, this way presented of... Uh, the gift of, of uh, protection, the gift of fearlessness. Giving the gift of fearlessness, I benefit from that gift. Uh, the gift of inclusion, of seeing, of making visible uh, uh, life forms, life uh, groups, uh, you know. Uh, there's so many ways we can talk about this. And so our actions are extremely important. So not to uh, have anxiety over it, but uh, love. It's really like love-based. You know, I do. I want my action to have a positive impact. You know? And so I consider this because uh, it's going to give me energy <coughs> and joy, access to joy. And so checking out our actions, movements of the body, you know, And speech is also very important in this. So speech, you know, it's said that speech is, uh, 
not I'm not sure if it comes directly from the Buddha or the time of the Buddha or a little later, but anyway, somewhere, some wise person in there said that uh, we have in our mouth an axe. An axe. You know. So speech, communication can really uh, destroy, uh, um, hide truth, uh, confuse, uh, uh, hurt, uh, annihilate, uh, and all other words like this. Uh, but an axe also is one of the most amazing technical tool, you know, that you can use to build, you know. And so this is what we have. It's powerful. And so we're carrying this around, this and this. <laughs> it's all speech. You know. And uh, it's good to be aware of this. Okay, speech is, you know, for me, nuclear power. Uh, so is sexual energy. It's, it's becoming really clear. I mean, it was clear for many of us, you know, but unclear for many of us also, or, or etc. So, a sexual, sexual energy that's part of these precepts is extremely powerful energy. can be extremely beautiful. Mix it with a little <coughs> confusion, greed, hatred, disregard, uh, etc. Uh, awful, horrible, and the words won't make it justice here. <coughs> and so, uh, uh, being really conscious of this, how it's used, that energy. So these are like big areas of our lives. Um, another big area of our life, or of mine, and uh, I heard during the group uh, meetings that it's a big area of others few of you, uh, your life also is thinking. <laughs> and so the win is a form of speech. It's a form of action, you know, like in terms of intention. Thinking is intentional. It's, uh, so it's, it, and it carries. It. That's what we've been working with here. Thinking, attending, the way we attend to what's happening inside of ourselves. It builds our inner world and it creates also the outer world. So, you know, when thinking, uh, we could, uh, I, I, I think, at least, that I created for myself a, f a w way to accompany myself in thinking over the years. You know, I'm not sure. Like, anyway, I, it, uh, I'm sharing this if it's any useful, and it's probably a rephrasing of something you've heard, but I haven't <laughs> known. Uh, um, you know, when thinking, I can I notice that I can think, think compulsively or resentfully or fearfully, or and so as much as I can, I want to be conscious of how I'm thinking. And so, for me, the instructions are to actually think from uh, uh, with mindfulness, but also in, in a very much body-based way. So, knowing that I'm here, that there is a body sitting here and that this system is going to think about something of the future possible or of the past, you know, to be really aware that this is happening from this location, from here. So I'm not lost. You're saying this, not saying this. It's in the potential future that will never happen, but I'm caught. I don't know that it's not happening in the moment that I'm uh, in, in the trance. So when I want to think forward about something, 
I want to know that I'm doing this from here and that it's an imagery. I want to be conscious of this. That's kind of basic wisdom, but also very deep wisdom, I think. Most of us, we don't know. We just believe. We become fools, deluded. We're there, you know, wherever. And so doing this, knowing this, staying uh, uh, anchored in the body is helpful. So thinking and allowing for breath to be known in the thinking. Okay, okay, so, yeah, next month there's this big thing coming. Okay. Thinking about it from here. This body's breathing now as I'm about to think or thinking about this. Or, okay, yesterday this thing happened. Breathing, aware, presently aware of presently arisen emotions, was contraction, fear, shame, you know, arising here now, as I'm thinking, attending to this here now, not just departing in the story, staying here, uh, and being accompanied with this intention for equanimity that uh, the exercise we did yesterday, if it meant anything for you, for you here. Okay, I'm going to think about this, it's disturbing for me. I'm actually going to think about it, putting a lot of value and emphasis on stability. So I'm going to go in there, not with compulsion, or as little as possible. <coughs> and so equanimity, being invited in the field, and nurtured, and, uh, and checked, you know, like you take the road to go back home, or on a road trip. At some point, it's good to stop and check the gas, or um, as you go, you know, check the gas. At some point, check the tires, check the oil, you know. So, equanimity, metta, compassion, joy, where are they? You know, could they be of support here? You know, it's hard to be Pascal thinking about this. Shame, shame, confused, angry, you know, applying opportunities, that's wisdom. Wisdom, synonymous to uh, discernment. Discernment, one of the aspects of discernment in Buddhist psychology is the capacity to recognize opportunities for practice. It's very precise. This is not the whole of discernment, it's one aspect. So I'm sitting here, getting worked up, opportunity for compassion. Somebody's worked up. Some, you know, if I find somebody worked up, you know, am I going to beat them up? I say, oh, it's hard, you're worked up here. <laughs> you, know, you feel strongly about this, it's charged for you. You know, so opportunities to invite the compassion in the field. So, as uh, I don't know if it's uh, who actually said this, but your mind is a dangerous neighborhood. Don't go there uh, unaccompanied. You know, go there with <laughs> good friends. You know, um, and so. Thinking, you know, being very intentional about thinking, not compulsive, not uh, pray to it, but say, okay, I'm thinking, or I'm about to think, or there's not going to be any stopping this thinking. I mean, part of what I do sitting here is not just uh, breathe love and, and stuff, like it's the same experience as we all have, I think. We're visited by thoughts. I'm like, okay, so if I'm going to have to go through this, retell this story, I'm not going to tell it. Uh, in an agitated, compulsive way. Uh, okay, you want you are going to tell the story. There's not going to be any stopping you, right? Okay, so let's do it with the body. Okay, so what did happen? You know, just told the story 15 times, but 
Let's pretend you haven't. And why are you telling it again? Maybe you've not been heard by yourself. You know? So let's really hear it. So what did happen, Pascal? You know, I put this there. I thought it was the right place to put it. Okay, so your intention was to put it there. and to, Yeah, and then it wasn't there when you came back? No, it wasn't there. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's difficult for you. You know, it wasn't there. It creates confusion, right? You're confused. <gasps> Things, we're often separated from what we want. You want your keys now. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have them. <laughs> the Buddha talked about that. <laughs> Humans are often uh, separated from what they want. That's a very universal experience. Can we actually accompany ourselves in that? You know? I'm using keys, but... So uh, that's that's one way to practice bringing uh, bringing uh, infused thinking, infused conflicts, conversations you know, with a lot of uh, you know a lot of these elements. You know. Not knowing how it's going to end. You know. Oh, I know how it's going to end. You know, like hold on, maybe not knowing would be good here. You know, and staying tuned to read differently the situation. So this. And one other thing that uh, comes to mind also is, um, I, I think it's been in the field, but it might be um, good to name, I want to name it, is, um, you know, these four qualities of mind that we talked about, the joy and the compassion and the benevolence and the balance, how they, how they live together. And... Uh, to me, one time it became so clear, and it's not very long ago, but uh, I was uh, uh, co-leading a retreat with other teachers uh, in California, and there was uh, one of the teachers on the retreat, uh, Shahara Godfrey, a colleague and friend of mine. Uh, one night she said, let's do a, a circle of a mudita, a, a circle of joy. You know, and the way we're going to do this is there was a hundred people. We're going to sit in a circle... And uh, I think the form it takes is the fishbowl, if you know that form. You know, there's maybe four seats in the middle. Instead of telling the story to 100 people, which might be a little... You just tell it to four people, but there's 96 people <laughs> sitting in the big circle, you know. So there's kind of intimacy that might be created, and uh, it can help the intimacy for the group. And so uh, Shahara said, we're going to sit for, together for maybe an hour or so, and uh, open the space for stories of joy. So you're going to come and for a few minutes just tell something about something that happened for you or for somebody else that is uh, of joy that we can celebrate. And uh, it was very touching how in the end we could have called this uh, circle the circle of compassion because many of the stories who were there were, you know, this very dear, loved person in my life died. And I want to share the beauty of the last day, or the, the beauty of the qualities of this being that is not there but was. You know, and and uh, stories like this of things... I, I was amazed how many of the stories that people really, like, given, like, okay, we have just an hour, you have one story to tell a hundred people like 
what is the joy story you want to tell? And people were, many people were choosing to tell a story that was a story of suffering somehow. But the beauty of coming out or understanding or, I, I don't know, it was not the only stories told, but there was a lot of it. I was really uh, deeply touched by this and it made me understand, oh, they're so linked. They live together, you know, in ephemerality. Things arise, they're beautiful, and they do pass, you know. And difficult things maybe help us become our best own friend, you know, or see the quality of somebody who didn't have to show that quality but did, you know. And, and so, in a way for me, the message I kind of got more intuitively, I think, was like, don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid. You, go there, life is going to be messy, you know, it's, it's worth going there, uh, the beauty will be in what's difficult, and, uh, and what's beautiful will have its difficulties also, uh, and so that's another way that there are kind of in relationship or expressions, the same heart. What I'd like to do now, if, it, uh, if, it's, uh, if it's okay with you, rhetorical question, <laughs> is, um, is to open up maybe to um, uh, question and answer or, or, yeah, something you want to hear more about that was not stated, that seemed to have been left out, that should be named in the community, something like this. So that will be this, then uh, we'll take a pause, then we'll come back and we'll do uh, three more uh, things. We'll do a little exercise uh, that you might have done with me, the three of them actually, if you are with other people. So one is uh, uh, actually, I, I think, I mean, I've heard a couple of people claim it. So uh, it might come from Joanna Macy also, a milling exercise. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, that's the whole thing about selfing and owning and, uh, pro- you know, it's really hard to know when you're, you, you know, where ideas, you know, there's nothing I've said that doesn't come from somewhere else. It's impossible. So, um, but the milling exercise, so it's an exercise, I just want to give you heads up so you can decide, you know, do I want to participate or not, so you don't feel caught in something you don't want to be part of. So the milling exercise is we walk around and we meet uh, a few, uh, we make a few encounters silently, no touch, and it's guided. And, uh, we see each other for a few seconds and move on. You could do one to try it and say, okay, that one is enough, and step back and let the thing happen for a few minutes. Then we'll do a dyad where you'll find yourself sitting with somebody and have a little debrief, debriefing about uh, the retreat, and you know, so uh, talking each one at a time in a personal way. I, you know, this is what happened for me, this is how it was for me. And uh, it's been also going to be kind of organized, you know, will be led. And then we'll do the last uh, circle of sharing. And uh, then uh, that'll be it. That'll be the retreat. Okay? 
Um, so, are there any? Yes, Erica. Pascal, um, could you speak a little bit more about something that you spoke about earlier, that thoughts are not real, in that I'm not sure if you're meaning that they're fleeting and they change, or maybe it, I would just like to know. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, real is a big, could be a big, open a big debate, you know, what is real or not, but you're right. Another it's, retreat. I yeah, know. exactly. But it does point to the fact that, uh, I mean, and we never have to believe anything. Certainly in this tradition, it's not advised. You know, it's advised to consider with critical thinking, openness, and, and <coughs> mostly to go verify for oneself in experience. But... Uh, but uh, Thoughts are ephemeral, and uh, you know, if I, uh, uh, I think I heard one teacher say that one time, I thought it was good, it was like, like if, if I'm really angry at you and I throw in my mind at you uh, dishes, you know, they won't, you won't receive them. You know, in that way they're not real, you know, <laughs> they're, and, uh, but they do have an impact, they do, they, they, have, uh, they, they have a power in them. But also they, they are ephemeral and, uh, and uh, unsubstantial is one way that is described also. They, they're, you know, so for us, often they're heavy and real and so, you know, if I have the thought, you know, I'm worthless. If I'm not aware that thoughts are ephemeral and unsubstantial, that's a problem, you know, because it becomes real to me. It's a description of reality. I begin to believe it. Then. Yeah, I, and, or I totally believe it. Like, I don't even see that I couldn't believe it. Like, it's not about belief. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's factual, you know. And that's why we want to question thoughts and, and uh, not question it with other thoughts, but look at the process of thinking, pay attention, and see arisings and passings, and how the image that I have of myself is, is not factual in myself. It's an image. It's a construction of the mind. And it actually is changing depending on the quality of the heart or mind. You know, in hopelessness, in uh, confusion, in uh, self-loathing, of course, I'm going to be a piece of shit. You know? But then wait a little bit, you know, a few hours or a few years, and in another mindset, you know, I'll be deserving of that. You know? Somebody expressed this uh, in, the, in one of the groups, you know, discovering that I'm lovely something like this or uh, Mary Oliver I find myself turning into something of inexplicable value you know I don't know one of my parents maybe strongly suggested that I was worth nothing and after years of research uh, you know I'm discovering that actually I wasn't I was not true I was an idea yeah <coughs> a quick question. So, really about the mind. Um, my understanding is like the mind is there to protect us, but I feel like we have to be in the present really to actually fight against what our mind is naturally thinking of. And I'm wondering why is it like that? Like, why if we don't do anything, we tend to think about negative things, and we almost have to remind ourselves each time to actually stay in the present and always have those positive counter. Um, 
you yeah. know, going against those negative thoughts because it takes a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you exhausted? <laughs> you need a holiday. You can't go back to work tomorrow. I've been aggravated. <laughs> it's, it's hard doing nothing a whole weekend and having people cook for us. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in the, uh, the Buddha seems to have said, like, the beginning of this, of this confusion, like, it could drive you crazy to try to find it. It's, it's called one of the un- unponderables. Where does ignorance and confusion come from, you know? So if you put it in the Buddhist cosmology of lifetimes, you know, it's like, it's almost like endless lifetimes of confusion, confusion. But in a very simple way, I think we might be able to see it as... For example, if we're not aware that a thought is an ephemeral suggestion, production, generation of mind, that, uh, and we take for real a thought, then the second thought is going to be built on the first. So imagine there's a mistaken view. Uh, you know, I'm worthless. I say this because it might land somewhere. I'm worthless, you know. And so then the second thought is, of course, I don't deserve this. You know? mm-hmm. and, and then the whole structure is built like this on, on a confusion-first idea. And so we have to uh, break down this confusion, and that's what practice is, is we sit there and we pay attention and <coughs> we clarify, and it's over decades. Uh, but, you know, in some of the Buddhist uh, views, is that uh, it says that the heart is naturally responsive, naturally, uh, it's uh, spontaneous to it, it's natural for the heart to be uh, well-wishing, benevolent, uh, as have goodwill, care, this is, and it's because of visiting forces, uh, you know, that uh, suddenly we're caught by envy or jealousy, you know, it's because of confusion, and so in that view, we, there's a, you know, uh, our Buddha nature is is uh, is open and wise. Let's see, but it's a layer on top. So that's one of the views that that is there. You know, and the culture is not in you know the the, the, the dominant culture, but also the an ageless culture. You know, just for example, I, I'll take this as a little example. But we're born, and uh, everybody around us works really hard uh, to uh, help us uh, become uh, individuated, you know. So we're like, <laughs> we don't know what is our arm and, uh, and what is the other's arm, you know, we, d- we don't know. Uh, you know, it's all one, you know, and the parents uh, say, no, this is your, uh, where is your nose? You know, no, this is mama's nose or whatever, you know, and, and this is your, you know, and later, like, this is... Uh, you know, this is, uh, I don't know, Rebecca's, uh, you know, uh, truck. <laughs> you know, don't touch her truck, you know. Like that. And you're like, no, it's mine, mine, no, it's Rebecca's truck, you know. <laughs> you know. And, then, and you, we clarify this, and so it takes a, and if it's well done, then we are a full, separated individual. And then we come to a Buddhist retreat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we say, not exactly yours, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's mine. It's my emotion. It's my thought. Yeah, 
but they're conditioned. They land there. It's not, you know, it's, you can't define yourself. The generosity belongs to everybody, you know. No, I'm generous. I've always been. People know that I'm generous. Don't you know I'm generous? You know? Yeah, there is generosity. It's a beautiful thing, you know, but don't own it. It's, it's going to be really difficult, you know. Or, like, I'm so cruel, I'm so bad. No, there's, yeah, there was a cruel thought, you know, crossing the mind. It's not yours. We have to be responsible, but it's not you. It's not, it's, it's, it's not yours, you know. It belongs to nature. Of course you're going to, you know, you're die. You're going to die because it was not your life. It was life happening. You know. It was, you know, and so we're here to clarify this. So it does take a lot of energy because it's been re- well ingrained in us. You know who we are, and now we're questioning this. Thanks. Could you give me some advice on the practice from my experience? I usually fall into despair when I feel touched by someone. Remembering about someone or mm-hmm. anything new. Uh, mm-hmm. Around the spare. Good wishes, but also collapsing. Get, getting upset. Is that the word you just. Um, I, I, I lost the word. No, collapsing in oh, collapsing. Oh, yes. this life is it's fragile and it's gone. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing mm-hmm. easily. The end, yeah, all the suffering of someone or myself, yeah, yeah, so not easy, not easy. And I mean, in a way, everything we've done here this weekend is to tackle this, this, you know, try to work with this, and it takes time, it's it's a long road, you know, and so all these Brahma Viharas are. You know, qualities of the heart that we talked about, they're slowly being uh, developed, they're slowly their, recognizing their presence, absence, slowly learning to value them you know, when they're there and, and become intimate, feel them. And so they impress us when they're present, so that we're impressed. We want to be really awake when they're there, when there's kindness in oneself or another. In the teaching, it's external, internal, or external, you see. So, uh, you know, one of the ways the Buddha said, oh, is that something you want to uh, uh, develop? It seems like it could be something like equanimity, not falling into despair, collapsing in front of suffering or the imminent end of something, you know, that is dear and precious. And so one of the ways the Buddha said to develop this, he said, hang out with people who have that, who are stable, if you want stability. Look for them, hang out with them. And hopefully that's what we've been doing for each other here this week, is helping us. You know, we're valuing this. You know, we're not valuing, uh, uh, you know, you know, we, we could have gone and spent the, I don't know where people go to create mess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know of one neighborhood in New Orleans where, <laughs> where it seems like this, <laughs> you know. Uh, it creates this, so that's what we would be cultivating. So, in coming to a place like this, hanging out like this, valuing these qualities of that, exploring them ourselves together in the community, this is what uh, we're uh, we're doing. And in that, there's a lot of acceptance. 
acceptance. Uh, it's hard for you. I mean, it's hard as a euphemism. You know, this life is uncertain, uncontrollable. That That is huge to take on, you know, to accept. But in a way, what would one prefer? You know, would one prefer not to know about it? And to like, keep like patching, avoiding, bypassing. No, it's going to go, you know. It's hard, but it's worth it. And it's called noble work to actually turn towards life and say, "Yeah, okay, I won't be able to control you." <sighs> yeah, takes a takes a, a lot of practice and opportunities, you know, as as you see yourself drowning in some way, you know. Then, at some point, I think it might become really clear that the only thing to do is to to actually hold, hold, care. I mean, this being, this, this, uh, this uh, touch is, uh, is afflicted. You know, they. What's the appropriate response? There's no other appropriate response than to care. You know? And so it becomes very urgent. Like I can't afford not to care at some point. I have to care. So we'll do that. Thank you for your question. Okay, uh, yes. Just out of curiosity, if the if metta is one of the four Brahmaviharas, why do we have a specific retreat for metta and not maybe there are for Upeka or for Karuna or yeah. for Mudita? Maybe there are, but is metta like a, you know? What's special about yeah. it? <laughs> that it gets its own retreat. <laughs> so, um, I mean, in the in the in the context, that I think it's a good way into the others. But but that's I've I've not read this anywhere, you know. But it seems like it's a good way uh, into the others. And for me, they're 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 an exp- the others. Uh, the way I personally view it is there the others uh, are an expression different expressions of it also mm-hmm. so for me m- there's metta and uh, I, you know when metta when benevolence meet difficulty it just naturally becomes compassion you know it's the appropriate it's the the expression the natural expression of uh, benevolence meeting the difficult and and it's really like this: these words and these concepts—they come from practice. So it's not like absolute truth that we have to feel. It's what we feel made into words, you know. And so, um, and so, in experience, my benevolence, my wishing well, when I meet somebody and they tell me, "You know what, Pascal? I finally got this thing." It feels very different. It needs another word. It needs another concept than benevolence. It needs compassion because it's particular felt sense when it's in the difficulty. And it's a particular sense. It's a very different feel, the taste, when it's in uh, meeting with the what works and the beautiful. And so I, I see it. But if we were in Tibetan practice, for example, I think the emphasis would be on compassion, you know, wisdom and compassion, wisdom and compassion. Here we talk a lot about uh, you know, mindfulness and metta. 
but I think we're it's it's different tools, different views, but all around the same kind of aim or wisdom. And here, as you could see, it, we're visiting the four. You know, we we generally call it meta because that's maybe one word that pe- some people recognize. You know, meta. If we write like upeka retreat, <laughs> you know. But th- I think there are. I mean, uh, there are whole programs. Uh, I know Jack, uh, the James Barras has a awakening joy. You know, so there's a whole ten months of online course on joy. So it's specifically, but it's going to be really hard to talk about joy without talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, otherwise, it looks uh, deluded. You know, like hey, let's be joyful. You know, <laughs> yes, and you know. Thanks. So. Uh, what I suggest now, did you have something, Patricia? No. Uh, I suggest we take a silent break, still in that field of reflection, practice, honoring silence. And then uh, we can come back at uh, maybe 10, uh, 20, 15 minutes. Could that work? Mm-hmm. And uh, We'll go into the milling. I'll explain it, and you'll be able to either watch. Or and if you don't want to do it, then your break is longer. Let's say you have a, a good half hour. Okay. And if I'm alone, I'm going to mill alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.